0: We want to take a moment to acknowledge the tragedy of discrimination that the Asian community is facing and has dealt with for a very long time. To our fellow colleagues who identify with the Asian community, we stand with you.
1: In this episode of Minority Report Podcast, we speak with Will Wan, Head of Sales Operations at Brainley. Will identifies as Asian. Although we ask Will about his thoughts on discrimination, Please keep in mind that this episode was recorded before the unfortunate events that occurred in Georgia.
0: As Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. once said, injustice anywhere is a threat to justice everywhere.
1: We want to welcome all of our listeners to another episode of Minority Report Podcast with Eric and Corell each episode, we talk with leaders in business, tech, and media. And today joining us is Will Wan, who's the head of sales operations at Brainly. Let's jump in and get to know Will.
2: Will, how are you? Welcome to the show. Good, good. Thank you. Thank you. I'm super excited to be here. Thanks for having me on.
1: Yeah, we're thrilled you're here. And I want to ask you a little bit about what's going on at Brainly here uh, shortly. But first, for those that don't know you, can you tell us a little bit about, Will, where are you from and where were you born and raised?
2: Yeah, for sure. I was born in New York. You know, as a very young child, we lived in Washington Heights. And then as a very young kid, we moved to New Jersey. So, yeah, I grew up in Jersey. I'm a Jersey boy through and through. also went to Rutgers, so stayed close to home. And then, you know, as soon as I graduated college, moved right back into the city. And so I've been here ever since, through and through uh, Northeast. Just
0: going back and forth
2: across the Hudson. Huh? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't know if I'm. I don't know if I'm making the trip back to Jersey right now, but uh, I'll, I'll be in New York for the foreseeable future. So firm roots there. Can you tell us a little bit
1: about your family? Tell us a little bit about your family culture and uh, a little bit about about them.
2: Yeah, definitely. So my mom and dad are both Korean. Uh, I'm Korean, obviously, as well. But interesting enough that they. You know, they lived in Korea, but then moved to Argentina very early on in their lives. And so like a lot of my mom and dad's side are both from sort of Argentina and grew up there. So definitely there's that sort of interesting culture in the sense that like growing up Korean, but also like having spent so much time in Argentina and then ultimately coming into New York. And so having that sort of montage of identity. So, yeah, that's that's how they grew up. Yeah,
1: that sort of montage of identity you just described. That's fascinating. How do you think that sort of impacted who you are today, even living and and growing up in such a diverse area and and a lot of different sort
2: of people represented? How did that impact you? Yeah, definitely. Growing up, you know, obviously we were very Korean in the way that we grew up and like, you know, we did the whole take your shoes off and you got into the house. Um, A lot of the food that we ate was Korean. But then there was a lot of Argentinian and like Spanish influence in there in the sense that like when we have family barbecues, especially at like my uncle's place, you know, it would be... Argentinian barbecue. And like, there's a lot of like Argentinian roots that sort of like stuck out from like the Korean culture, but also like growing up in New York, New Jersey, we also grew up in a super diverse town. And so, like, it was easier growing up with that different sort of identity of being American, of being Korean, of having Argentinian sort of background in the sense of in that way. But yeah, it, it was super interesting. I love every part about it the funniest thing and i tell all my friends is growing up as a kid i knew when i was in trouble with my mother when all three languages came out you know just <laughs> english korean spanish and like she was thinking so fast that like you know all three of them come out and like I, like that that was not a good place to be that's funny
1: because i think we all have some version of that right it's like maybe you get your siblings names or maybe you get all the languages or you know. <laughs> yeah. So I want to hear about what's going on at Brainly these days. You've worked at some great, great companies, Fox Media, Hearst, Fast Company,
2: but now you're at Brainly. So tell us about what's happening at Brainly. Yeah, like Brainly was a super interesting company that, you know, I'll be very honest, I I actually didn't know what Brainly was by the time you know I started having those conversations with them. But I knew that I wanted to make the switch out of media and move more into education, partially because... You know, I've, I've done a lot of work outside of work in the sense of like volunteering and whatnot. For there's a program that called Minds Matter that I volunteered at a lot. And, in, in, you know, it helped close like the education gap and give students, younger students and give kids just like the opportunity to close like that, like education gap and that opportunity gap, essentially. And so like education has always been important to me and my family growing up. And so mm-hmm. I knew that I wanted to make an impact outside of media and you know, education tech, just, just this opportunity just sort of appeared. And as soon as I saw that it was an education tech platform, there was an opportunity to bring my expertise in advertising and sort of like merge the two together. It was just like a really natural transition. And I'm super grateful to to be here. Fraley, like in general, you know, I started back in January of 2020, a couple of months before the pandemic. And... Yeah, obviously you can foresee that a pandemic was coming, and right. so you know, getting in there, having a lot of face time with the team for those couple of months before moving into the pandemic, I was grateful for that because mm-hmm. having built sort of like having understood the culture of what Brady really is and like where what that vision was before the pandemic. Yeah, um, obviously when coronavirus happened, obviously a lot of students globally started turning to e-learning and whatnot, and so like our platform. Grew like a hockey stick over in March, April, May, and so like you know we've just seen incredible growth from a user perspective. From just like the platform in general has just gone um, pretty yeah pretty significantly in terms of growth, and so yeah we're lucky in that sense. Obviously, like I don't want to say like it was good for us, but you know it was it was good for us.
0: You know, well I, I think to that point, right? There are a few sort of industries out there. I think education being one of them, where Things were trending a certain way prior to the pandemic and then the pandemic accelerated that trend. And yeah. I, I certainly feel like education is one of
2: them. And and so that's probably here to stay, I, I would imagine. Yeah, definitely. And and we're still when we're looking at user growth and like where our user levels are currently, we're still expecting and seeing that growth. We feel like we're gonna continue to see that growth. Obviously, when kids start to return to school, there will be a little bit of a drop off. But you know, I think The pandemic has sort of changed the way that the way that people essentially like see learning or how uh, kids are going to continue to learn and so i think e-learning and you know like any sort of digital learning is going to continue to stay yeah definitely as eric
0: mentioned a few minutes ago you've worked at some really great companies over the years mainly in sort of the you know sales operations revenue ops yield type roles and would love to get your thoughts why do you love being in sort of those positions, the sort of revenue and yield operations type roles, sales operations
2: type roles? Yeah, definitely. As you mentioned, I've worked at some really cool companies and I've worked for some really great people, some really smart people, some really ambitious people. Most, if not all of my managers have always been that type of revenue leader in the sense that they always had a larger vision for what the company could be or where the company can go and sort of like how to get there. And, Every one of them was a mentor in some way. And every one of them gave me the opportunity to sort of like explore what I wanted to explore. You know, if there was an avenue of revenue or if there was something that wasn't being paid attention to or there was an opportunity to grow something that, you know, maybe was a very nascent business line or maybe there wasn't a business line at all, but there was an opportunity. Every one of those leaders that I worked for essentially were like, go run with it. You know, essentially like go build it, and build it like fast, fail fast, and move quickly. And so having worked at these growing companies, you know, Vox Media joining back in, I don't even know when I joined, but it was like a 200 person company. And six years later, then it was a 1500 person company. And so there were a lot of different avenues for diversifying revenue. And I was fortunate enough to have the opportunity to just help build those. You
0: know, one of the things that Eric and I usually talk about is is sort of our industry is still Relatively young, and things are, are sort of just always constantly evolving and, and changing and you know before we started, we were talking about Google's announcement that they made last week and <laughs> and all the the conversations around that. I'm curious to understand from you, will, what excites you about the future of
2: our industry That's a great question, and I've thought about that question over the last couple of months, just kind of like what about this? I think what's always interesting and what's always exciting is that this industry is always changing. And I know that's like a very high level answer that I'm sure you've heard a million times. But it's true. I think it's like what is happening right now won't be the issue that is two years from now. And there will always be a need to adapt. And that's why and what excites me about this industry is that every everybody or players in this ecosystem are very resilient. And so what happens now, there will be an answer for what I criticize about this industry is that it's very reactive in the sense of like, we all knew this Google thing was going to happen and like everybody's sort of been dragging their feet and doing whatever they needed, needed to do. But yeah, I mean, I think the most exciting is that like, we always figure it out. Yeah, that's right.
1: We always figure it out. Right. It's true. It's well, so well, no, true. That's
2: true. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's so true. I mean, it, always... it, it may not always be the right answer, but we, we figure out something. <laughs> right. 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 I, I mean, it's weird. You can almost trace back every 16, 18 months. It's like, Oh man, now this, Oh man, now this, Oh man, now this, oh, man, now this. <laughs> What we're talking about is is navigating through big change, usually, right? And I want to ask you about sort of big change, maybe from a family perspective, right? Mention your family moved from Korea to Argentina, right? And then from Argentina to America. And I want to ask about times where they may have handled or faced uh, discrimination. Sometimes we, we learn a lot from our family on how to handle such issues. Do you recall any sort of, Discussions or experiences that they had that they shared with you and helped you to sort of navigate when those things would happen to you.
2: You know, these conversations are very tough to have in a Korean family, as I'm sure with sort of any. There are hard questions to have in any family. Yeah, Um, absolutely. in In an immigrant family, absolutely. In a Korean family, you know, like talking to your father or talking to your mother about some of these things that happen, like on a very deep level, it's very hard to have those conversations. But like they grew up in. Washington. Like when they moved to America, they moved to New York, and where in New York they moved to Washington Heights essentially. And mm-hmm. so, like in the eighties in New York, I'm sure that wasn't an easy thing for them at all, having barely spoken any English and having lived in such a rough neighborhood back then. You know, I'm sure they were discriminated against quite often. And, like essentially, that's why we like moved to Jersey after my brother was born, after my, after I was born. And so, yeah, there weren't any like specific conversations to have but you can tell there was that like wear and tear i think you touch on something that's really interesting will because when
1: families have to have those discussions there's this sort of open wound that everybody has to sort of experience together right and i think that's very hard to sort of figure out how are you going to talk about it so sometimes you don't and then sometimes sometimes you do i want to ask you about you know what's happening a lot today with Asian hate in the U S how are you navigating that? And like, what are your thoughts on, on what's happening today here? Uh,
2: <laughs> um, trying to figure out how to begin there. Um, obviously. Yeah. I mean, that's a, that's a very tough question. That's it's a very tough question and an easy question. It's, it's a tough and easy question. Obviously there's been Asian hate in the past. It is mm-hmm. now just being brought to light that, Asian hate is sort of like happening and I still don't think there's as much media coverage as there should be. I feel like it's kind of always been swept under the rug. This has been going on forever. You know, like it happens to my family. It happens to my friends' families to the level of where it is now of like just random attacks on Asian Americans. Um, You know, it's, it's heartbreaking to see because like you see it on your Instagram when your friends post about these things and like, anti-Asian, like trying to build the anti-Asian hate and like building community around Asian Americans who are being subject to sort of like these, subject to like these attacks and whatnot. And it's heartbreaking to see, obviously. Um, But yeah, I mean, like the focus right now is on the Asian hate. And I still don't think there's enough representation, but, you know, the conversation needs to continue to grow in terms of like being an ally for that as well. But obviously, like, you know, there's racist attacks not just on asians on a lot of different minorities and the conversation as a whole needs to grow right now the spotlight is quote unquote on like on asian americans yeah i'll
1: uh i'll sort of leave it with one sort of interesting thought i saw someone post on linkedin that was pretty profound i thought it was just that how almost every generation has some sort of experience with hate you know and is it a Great grandparents, is it your grandparents? Is it your parents? Is it you? Is it your siblings? Is it people you know? Yeah. Just an interesting sort of thing to think about, you know, how um, from generation to generation it continues to happen. You know, Will, you mentioned, you know, some folks in, in your, in your life that you've worked with, worked for, worked around that have been smart, been helpful. Who are some folks uh, along the way that have helped you to sort of grow in your career and help you sort of you know,
2: sort of grow and blossom? Yeah, definitely. First person I do have to call out is my first boss in media ever, Stephen Suthiana. You know, he was the global head of media at Fast Company and Inc. magazine. And, you know, he took a shot at me. He gave me the opportunity to sort of run with, especially the freedom to operate with, within like what I wanted to be, what I was interested in. He honestly started off as a campaign manager in AdOps. And when I tell you I was the worst campaign manager. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I don't
2: know. I don't know how I don't know how he didn't fire me. I want the <laughs> worst campaign manager knowing they're the worst campaign manager.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I think like within my first like month, I think I like screwed something up, put an extra zero or something, and cost us like 70000 dollars or something. I was like, oh my God, I just got into media. I'm gonna get fired. But now he, he stuck with me. I guess he saw something in me, and he allowed me to join any one of his meetings, no matter what they were. He was like, "If you see something interesting on my calendar, feel free to sit in." Or if he thought something was going to be interesting to me, he'd add it to my calendar. I'd be have me sit there, just kind of like take notes, and I wouldn't even like participating because I wouldn't have anything to say. But you know, he for two years he allowed me to sit in for these meetings and just kind of absorb. You know, well, it's interesting
1: you mentioned that because Carol and I. Have, have heard from so many guests about just sort of the power of being present and just kind of being around. And you just mentioned you didn't have to contribute, or you didn't have to do anything, but you were just around what was happening. Mm-hmm and there's a lot of value in that right i mean just being present how do you know how to handle a hard meeting how do you know how to go on a pitch or how do you know how to do a certain thing sometimes just being present is extremely
2: powerful right yeah absolutely And just like hearing the terms that are being used um helped me sort of navigate through whatever the conversations were and then being in some of the rooms where we were negotiating deals and whatnot i could tell you right now that like there are some mannerisms that i still use that like Steve had like influenced on me in mm, um, yeah. negotiations and whatnot, and you know that right there, just like having that opportunity and being exposed to that, like, has allowed me. I feel like to sort of like cut that like acceleration to growth. If that makes any sense.
0: Oh yeah, oh yeah,
2: makes a makes a ton of sense. Well, where do you draw inspiration from? It's a great question. I've always drawn inspiration from my mother. I, you know, I didn't mention before, but like my mother passed away when I was in high school and she was the most driven person that I've ever met. And she's always instilled this drive in me that like, you always need to sort of like keep going, do better. You don't always have to be the best at what you do, but you have to give your best at what you do. Mm. And she's instilled that drive in me. And you know, it's hard to let that go. And especially because like she worked her, she worked her butt off, you know, and if I'm not, leaps and bounds more than where she was like coming from coming as an immigrant like then i feel like i have failed her in that sense Mm. and so like when i do eventually have a family you know like i want to provide them with everything that they would essentially want gotcha it's a lot of like motivation intrinsically around that but yeah awesome awesome what advice would you have for anyone that is looking to enter ad tech What advice would I give someone looking to enter ad tech? Don't take any job as it comes, you know, find the company that you truly believe in. You believe in the core value, like the core mission statement, you know, essentially like what does a company stand for? Hmm. Um, Who do they stand for? Are they working to do better? Just better. Like whether it's do better in this world, are they trying to be the best at what they do? So don't settle for like a mediocre company or something that doesn't align with your values believe in the mission statement of the companies that you want to work for. And, you know, you'll, I won't say you'll love every day that you work at the job, but you'll love your experience that you get from there.
0: Yeah. And I feel like that advice that you're giving ties back right to what you do at Brainly, right? You're, you're sort of merging your passion for, you know, sales operations and,
2: and education, right? So that, that I think hits along your values. Yeah, definitely. And I've I've had this conversation with a lot of people over the pandemic. You know, like the transition of working from home has been a stressor. Like everybody's sort of getting burnt out and whatnot. And like there are a lot of people leaving their jobs or moving to new jobs and whatnot. And everybody always asks, like, are you like, are you happy at your job? And I asked that to my friends, Are you happy at your job? And you know, mm-hmm. a lot of them are like, Yeah, it's good. It's fine. It's like I'm probably gonna stay here. It's like the work from home situation is great or whatever. And then They always ask me, like, Will, like, do you like your job? And I say, I love my job. I love it. Like, I love where I'm at. I love the company that I work for. I love the fact that, you know, I have a great leadership team that believes in, that believes in me, but that also like has like a mission statement that they want to do better. And like, they're a very progressive company in the sense that they're promoting like being a Polish company and as like a startup as well. Like, they're promoting diversity and they're like, they're really, they're really stepping up. Essentially mm-hmm. and, and what they want to put out into the world. And so like from a company standpoint, I love what I do. From a role standpoint and position standpoint, I love what I do. I'm extremely happy where I am.
0: It makes it super exciting to go to work every day, right? When you work at a at a company that aligns with your your own values. Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. One fun question I love asking everyone we have on the podcast here is give us the top three apps that you use on your phone but you can't name,
2: email, calendar, or text messaging. Gotcha. Okay, that's uh, that's a good question. One one I'm always on is Twitter. Obviously, that's like how I get my information. I follow so many different like news outlets but, um, whatnot. and whatnot. i like Twitter, is Twitter. You know, that's I spend entirely way too much time on that. <laughs> another one, or ones I should say, is like any sort of like one of those fitness apps, like like a Peloton or uh, a another platform. Peloton. Here we go. No, maybe, <laughs> but, you know like especially you have, you have to get creative trying to figure out what to work out and like in, in there, especially like working out from home all the time it's just like i think any one of those fitness apps that has the online classes and you know something that you can follow along new routine whatever it is so yeah. that and then this is the most embarrassing one um i did fall prey to downloading tiktok over the finish and man, do I spend a lot of time on TikTok. <laughs> That's great. It's, my, it's like my it's my guilty pleasure, you know. I'll be like, like 11, yeah, I'm trying to go to sleep, and it'll be two o'clock in the morning. I'm just going, oh my god, whatever. <laughs> That's awesome. Well,
1: Will, thanks for spending some time with us. We're grateful you got to hang with us. And for our listeners who want to stay in touch, what's a great way to stay in touch with you or how can they find you?
2: Um, yeah, I mean, that's a great question. I'm not sure if I should give my personal email. I mean, not my personal, my work email out. But LinkedIn. LinkedIn is good. Yeah. Go. LinkedIn, go. <laughs> LinkedIn is the best way to find me. There you go. There you go. Or in a Peloton class. Right, there we go.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks so much for hanging out with us. And we'll end it on something that we Corel and I really liked on your LinkedIn profile page which is uh, will one just trying to do some good in this world so yeah. thanks for hanging out with us and thanks everyone for listening you can find more episodes where you find all of your audio and video just search minority report podcast and look for the logo thanks
2: thanks guys